Do you struggle with concentration? Have you ever thought of your brain health long-term? Bomar Nutrition is revolutionizing the nootropic and cognitive health industry with sharp nootropic powder and patent-pending bright daily capsules, powered by Neurobloom. If you struggle with focusing, think of Sharp as brain food that supports concentration. Sharp works with your natural brain chemistry to provide a heightened sense of well-being that can delay cognitive decline and also increase mood. Bomar Sharp tastes amazing and comes in many different flavors, available in caffeinated and non-caffeinated versions. While Sharp is a short-term aid in cognitive health, think of Bright Daily Capsules as a way to improve overall brain health and prevent cognitive decline long-term. As we age, so does our brain. Supplementing with Bright has the potential to delay this aging process and helps your brain function optimally. Stay ahead of the curve and order yours today at bomarnutrition.com and save $5 off with code GENIUS5. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. I have uh, Pamela Gru. She's a certified holistic nutritional consultant, and we're going to talk about her personal struggles, you know, what she does now for her work and what she's learned over the years. So, Pam, thanks for coming. Thank you so much for having me, Richard. I'm so happy to speak with you today. Yeah. No problem. Well, tell me a bit about your background. How did you get interested in health? Um, you know, what were some of the events that shaped that in your life? Yeah, for sure. So I actually work one-on-one with clients to empower them to make food and lifestyle modifications that improve the health of their gut. My goal is to translate the scientific information into practical, actionable steps for my clients to use on a daily basis to help them live better and feel their best. I call my business Gut to Health. Because your gut, otherwise known as your intestinal system and the microbiome, is the key to better health. Let me first start by quickly defining the microbiome, then I'll talk about our relationship with it and follow up with the role that nutrition plays. So the microbiome, I'm assuming your listeners have heard all about the trillions of microbes that live in and on us that we have co-evolved with since the beginning of time. But just to be clear, the gut microbiome is a collective term, including the diverse microbial species and their surrounding in the the, the ecosystem in the intestines. We talk about our relationship with these microbes because even though they live in and on us, they are indeed separate from us. They are their own unique ecosystem. And when we look at the health of each human through the lens of the gut microbiome, we see there are two possible scenarios positive or negative. If we have a positive relationship with our microbiome, it works for us. The beneficial bacteria contribute to and support our efforts to be well. This symbiotic relationship benefits us because the microbes complete the digestion of our food and absorb the nutrients into our bloodstream so that we maximize the bioavailability of our food choices and have nutrient-rich blood to feed every living cell in our body. A negative relationship with our microbiome exists when there is an imbalance of microbes in our gut. Yeah, I want to I ask you a few questions into this because I, I hear a lot of people talk about the microbiome. So what, 
you know, if you zoom in a little bit and you talk about the constituents of the microbiome, what, what are they? Maybe people don't know. Maybe they think they're just bacteria only, not fungi, yeast, you know, viruses, et cetera. Or maybe they think there's, they don't know the names of species. Like, how would you drill down and, and describe it a bit more? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I think you hit a few nails on the head there already, but uh, there's obviously bacterial species, a number of them. Um, I'm not the scientific expert that will go into all the naming of them because I'm sure I would get some of those pronunciations wrong. But there's bacteria, viruses, fungi, yeast, um, and all of them are, they have a role to play. They're not necessarily good or bad, but there needs to be this balance. Like any ecosystem, there needs to be an interplay of all the different species and their relationship to each other is more important than any one individual, if that makes sense. So we have the positive relationship, which we just talked about. We also have the negative, a possible negative relationship with our microbiome. That may exist when there's an imbalance of microbes in our gut. So this is called dysbiosis. And it's extremely detrimental, or sorry, it is ultimately detrimental to health. A dysbiotic gut microbiome actually robs nutrients from the human host to feed itself. And dysbiosis can literally sabotage your health. Clearly, we want to foster a healthy, beneficial relationship with our gut microbiome so that it contributes to our overall health, wellness, and happiness. Why this is relevant is that I view the human body as a finely tuned machine and balance is everything. When we are balanced and there's a positive relationship between us and our microbiome, everything functions optimally. Homeostasis is the technical term used to describe the state of harmony and ideal function. Nutrition plays into this because nutrition is critical for maintaining this harmonic balance. If there's a single nutrient deficiency, it can disrupt disrupt function at a cellular level, for instance. Biochemical reactions can be halted if necessary vitamins and cofactors are unavailable. This can then spiral into a cascade of ill effects throughout the body. It has been well established that nutrient sufficiency is necessary to maintain the delicate balance of life. Diseases like scurvy, for example, demonstrate that eating foods that contain specific nutrients, like vitamin C in this case, can reverse the disease process and be life-saving. So eating a well-balanced diet is recommended, of course. But more than that, optimizing digestion and nourishing your gut microbiome will ensure that you get the maximum benefit from the healthy foods that you choose. Because while you decide what to eat, it is your gut that chooses what will be absorbed. And that is why your gut is the key to better health. Okay, so what uh, if you want to talk about it, it's up to you. But personally, what led you to be interested in the microbiome and health? Yeah, so thanks for asking that question. I'd love to talk about it. I have a personal story, complete with an aha moment to share with you. So the inspiration for my business came from both of my daughters. My eldest daughter was diagnosed with juvenile arthritis at the age of 18 months. Later, she was diagnosed with a second autoimmune condition. And if you know anyone with autoimmunity, Rich, it tends to be like a magnet. One diagnosis leads to another and then another. So we went down the medical path, but after years of pain meds, she was faced with a stomach ulcer. The anti-inflammatory meds weren't working, and the procedure of injecting her knee was only a temporary fix. The real kicker for me was her persistent diarrhea. I kept asking the doctor to test her for IBS or something, He asked if there was any blood in her stool yet. And when I answered no, he said, well, come back when there is. I found that completely unsatisfactory. 
Why should we wait for matters to get worse? Isn't it better to address problems sooner rather than later? Meanwhile, my other daughter was perfectly healthy and she had no problems with her stool whatsoever. I wondered how is it that both kids are eating exactly the same things, yet they have very different outputs. This was my aha moment. The answer was clearly inside each of them. It had to be their gut. The processing unit of their food was clearly different between both of my daughters. But why? Initially, I had no idea. All I knew was that I could elicit changes and elimination based on what they ate. So I continued to dig deeper. And I found a gut-healthy approach that worked for my daughter with the autoimmune issues. We identified the foods that were triggering inflammation for her. And when we replaced them with the nutrient-dense, easy-to-digest foods, we were able to soothe and calm the reactivity in her gut. This eventually allowed her immune system to calm down as well. After only weeks on this gut-healthy program, all of the pain and inflammation in her arthritic knee resolved. And in time, her elimination normalized as well. With permission from her rheumatologist, we were able to wean her off of all prescription medications. Now, she is healthy and strong, just like her sister. I want to be crystal clear that eating for gut health helped her, but it doesn't change her diagnosis. That's a constant. What I'm saying is that she doesn't suffer with the symptoms of her disease on a daily basis, and therefore she doesn't need the medications to mask those symptoms. As her mom, every day that she grows naturally is a big win for me. What I hope your listeners take away from the story is that eating for gut health is different from standard nutritional guidelines. It requires a tailored approach, but it is possible for everyone to influence their own gut microbiome, and you can impact every organ system and aspect of your health. Okay, so what does your uh, program look like when you work with people nowadays? Are you doing clinical work, or how does it look? Yeah, so I do clinical work, you know, remotely, because that seems to be convenient and what a lot of people are looking for these days. So why don't I give you a little bit of a visual of what my kind of whole foods approach looks like. So I use a plate model and rather than counting or measuring anything, I look at the percentage of space that is taken up on the plate. So my first and most important suggestion is to start with about 50 to 75% of your plate covered in vegetables, cooked or raw, often depending on the current on the the person's current elimination patterns. From there, I ensure that there's a variety of colors among those vegetables. And in my opinion, if everyone made this one small change to their diet, it would have a significant benefit on their health. But moving on from there, the next, you know, 20 to 25% of your plate is protein, which might be animal protein or plant, or maybe a combination of both. Um, The next 15 to 25% of your plate could be carbs like grains. However, this is an optional component. Some people want to limit carbs or eliminate grains completely. So I feel like this is an optional category. The next uh, 15 to 20% of your plate could be fruit, maybe some nuts and seeds. Top it all off with a couple of tablespoons of healthy fat, like maybe a homemade salad dressing, for example. And last but not least, a serving of fermented foods like sauerkraut, kimchi, kefir, fermented vegetables, or maybe kombucha. And that's what I call a gut healthy plate. Keep in mind. Well, I mean, the, to, to do that every day, to do that even for one meal every day, sounds like a, a Herculean effort, like Thanksgiving, <laughs> to gather all that. What, you know, in, 
when this uh, when the rubber meets the road, what do people do and how could this be made easy for them? Yeah, so I'm super glad that you brought that up because I do think that, you know, for me, counting and measuring and, and percentages of plates, it can feel like it's taking all the fun out of food. So, and that's not the purpose. You know, I think first and foremost, we need to look at food as a nourishing component. That's what it's meant to do, right? It needs to nourish us in order for us to be at our healthiest place. So, so the other kind of perspective or way that I look at, at meal planning is I talk about the six S's. Uh, those are salads, soups, stews, smoothies, stir fries, and scrambles. So like you said, maybe it's not every single meal of the day, but if you could do this at least once a day, um, the benefits of these kind of six S's is that they're all super easy to pack in a wide variety of veggies. They're totally versatile in terms of flavors and therefore easy to reinvent and keep healthy meals interesting and delicious. For example, you can take these six S's to different cultures around the world. You can try Greek salad or Thai pumpkin soup, Moroccan stew or a Mexican inspired scramble, for instance. There's so many different possibilities. Okay, uh, so with clients, like, what, what is your interaction? Do you help them build these plates? Do you go over their diets and suggest tweaks? Like, how does it work? Do you struggle with concentration? Have you ever thought of your brain health long-term? Bomar Nutrition is revolutionizing the nootropic and cognitive health industry with sharp nootropic powder and patent-pending bright daily capsules, powered by Neurobloom. If you struggle with focusing, think of Sharp as brain food that supports concentration. Sharp works with your natural brain chemistry to provide a heightened sense of well-being that can delay cognitive decline and also increase mood. Bomar Sharp tastes amazing and comes in many different flavors available in caffeinated and non-caffeinated versions. While Sharp is a short-term aid in cognitive health, think of Bright Daily Capsules as a way to improve overall brain health and prevent cognitive decline long-term. As we age, so does our brain. Supplementing with Bright has the potential to delay this aging process and helps your brain function optimally. Stay ahead of the curve and order yours today at bomarnutrition.com and save $5 off with code GENIUS5. Yeah, so I mean, I, I work one on one with clients and I meet them where they're at. So some people, you know, maybe we start with just trying to, you know, gain a little bit of control or maybe work on their nervous system, their, you know, anxiety or depression or something that they're, you know, is top of mind for them. I like to, you know, meet the, it's, it's a wellness perspective is what I try to offer. Um, so of course, nutrition is part of that, but nutrition is only one aspect of the physical pillar of health and for me when I look at a person and I want them to to be the healthiest person they can be I think that all four pillars of health need to be involved and so those would be mental emotional social as well as that physical pillar which you know of course diet and nutrition and exercise are part of the physical health but that's not all there is to it. What, what are some of the common mistakes people make that compromises their gut health that you help them fix? Sure. I mean, there's a ton of things in our lifestyle that are contributing to the kind of dysfunction of our gut microbiome. Prescription drugs are one category, but there's also the toxins in our air, water, and food. There's stress, obviously. And a lot of people are on prescription drugs that they don't realize are having a side effect, like antibiotics, steroids, PPIs, for example. They all play an integral role in kind of upsetting that gut microbial balance that I talked about initially. What other products or 
protocols that you find very helpful. We know there are certain like off the shelf probiotics or medical foods or things like that that you know help you with patients so they don't have to uh, do everything from scratch. Or is it better to just do things from scratch? Well, I think it has to be kind of a collaborative approach. I think some people do have some time and they want to invest, you know, in their health, while other people just simply don't have that, you know, kind of freedom of time to work with. But I do kind of think that our overall mentality of, you know, the quick fix with just give me a pill to fix that problem, I I do think that that is... Um, short-sighted. And if you want really sustainable health over a long period of time, uh, I think it does require a little bit of rolling up your sleeves and, and diving in, doing a little bit of work. Of course, I understand that, you know, people don't have time to cook three square meals a day from scratch. But if they did, I think that that would go a really long way in, in contributing to their family's health if that was an option. Like for instance, are, are probiotics necessary if you have enough fermented foods? What's your take there? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think probiotics get a lot of uh, attention, uh, and it's not that they're they don't deserve it. I think they're very important, but I still don't think that there's a one one size fits all solution to this problem. I think some people do well on a probiotic supplement. I personally have a spore biotic that I recommend to some people and yet other people can do well with just eating, you know, fermented foods and some yogurts or making their own kombucha at home is very economical. It's literally pennies into the glass. So I think there are workarounds and I think, you know, addressing each person uh, and their, what they need and what their lifestyle is affording them. I think it really needs to be that customizable approach to get the best results. I know there are certain customizations you think that suit people with uh, different conditions better. Like if you have someone that comes to you with IBS, you know, irritable bowel or Crohn's, or they're significantly sick, what would be a protocol, for instance, versus someone that just wants to feel better but isn't doing too bad? Yeah, so I think that's really an interesting question as well because I think we often we kind of hang on tightly to these diagnoses that we get sometimes. And I think it's interesting for people to hear that the diagnosis, like if, if two different people have the diagnosis of diagnosis of MS, for example, uh, each of those people can have a very different reality, right? So I think my approach, it's not that I, I don't care about the diagnosis. Obviously, that's an important piece of the person's information and story. But for me, I just look at that person, what their symptoms are that they're dealing with daily right now and start there because I think once you see that you can influence the symptoms that you're experiencing that's motivating and then people do have a little bit more more energy to or yeah more time and energy to invest in their health when they start to see that they can actually have a an impact and and feel better for the the effort that they're putting into it is there any good case studies that you have you know you don't have to name names of course but any that come to mind, either in your own life, your family's life, or patients' lives, where you know things seem to be a puzzle, and after working on it a bit with the person, you figured it out, and maybe the answer was like duh, or it was surprising. But the other way, are there any really good stories that come to mind where, again, the person had tremendous success, a dramatic change, or you know, just the story jumps out at you for some reason? Yeah, for sure. There's lots of success stories. And I think, you know, talking about gut health in general, I think there's icons 
like Dr. Terry Walls, for example, who are real life, who provide real life evidence of the miraculous potential that dramatic diet and lifestyle changes can produce. But from my perspective, I have a client that I wanted to share with you her story, because I think it'll resonate with a lot of your listeners. So my client, Anne, was in her early 30s. She was physically fit, but chronically sick and always tired. She was eating a low-fat vegetarian diet because she thought that was the healthy thing to do, but it clearly was not working for her. She came to me with blistering acne, terrible PMS, joint pain, and anxiety. Her greatest desire was to get pregnant, and she had been trying for years already. According to the fertility clinic, there was no reason that she and her husband were not able to conceive. We took a close look at what Anne was eating and realized that just because she identified herself as a vegetarian did not mean she was eating well. Not eating meat is not always synonymous with a healthy diet. She was what I call a carbitarian, and she ate mostly simple refined carbohydrates like cereal, bagels, and pasta. In our time together, I taught Anne how to make soup stock from the bones and meat of either free-range chickens or grass-fed beef. She incorporated this broth into her daily routine, added greens and more vegetables, as well as some healthy fats. We worked on improving her digestion and elimination, which eventually helped to clear up her acne. With specific foods targeted to provide essential nutrients to her endocrine organs, we were able to support better hormone balance. She started to feel better and have more energy. An anti-inflammatory diet helped her to relieve the joint pain, and the addition of mushroom powder and adaptogenic teas helped her to feel healthier and happier with less anxiety. Breathing exercises, yoga postures, and parasympathetic activation further helped to calm her nervous system, and eventually she got pregnant twice. The benefits of understanding your gut health is that it can be a tool for you to adapt to what your body needs. You may ask, how do you know if your gut microbiome is working for you or not? For starters, you can look in the toilet bowl after a bowel movement. I know some people get really grossed out, but for me, this is free information, and it's a terrific indicator about what's going on inside of you. Mothers, for example, understand the importance of monitoring their baby's output. Same with dog owners. Yet yet somehow this can be a taboo topic. I don't find it gross. I think it's a measure of a valuable process and that responding to changes in elimination early could very well mitigate bigger problems down the road. So what is the future of the microbiome understanding and the future of nutrition? Do you feel like, is there more to be known? I mean, maybe it's a stupid question. I mean, is there, (laughs) if people construct their plates, as you said, the people have fermented foods and, you know, and again, follow your heuristic. Are there people that it just doesn't fix? Um, for the most part, does it seem to help a lot of people? Or is it, I mean, in, in beyond the model you've created, is there a lot more that needs to be done? Or is it a pretty robust model? I guess is what I'm saying. I think it needs more attention and more more widespread distribution, if you will. My, I mean, my hope for the future is, is twofold, if you will. I, I would love to see food and nutrition being the first line of action. And I would also like to see a focus on proactively maintaining health. So first of all, it's simple, safe, and effective to eat for gut health. That is why it should be the first line of action. The research regarding the gut microbiome is exploding, and I encourage you and your listeners to go ahead and Google any conditioner diagnosis they're interested in, and the words 
you know, and the microbiome to see the abundance of research and the articles proving this interconnection. At the risk of repeating myself, your gut health is inextricably related to your overall health, wellness, and happiness. In the next few years, I hope it will become mainstream for doctors and alternative health professionals to take a holistic and integrative gut healthy approach to their clients and patients. Secondly, a focus on proactively maintaining health. I'm lucky enough to work with a team of psychologists, and together we offer an integrative, multidisciplinary approach to mental health. We focus on educating our clients to take ownership of their food choices and lifestyle habits when they are feeling good, before they are in a health crisis, because it's always much easier to reestablish that foundation or baseline of wellness when it's not so far out of balance. What I want people to know about the future is that there is so much hope. There is so much that they can do for themselves to live better and feel better. Small changes that improve your gut health can have profoundly positive repercussions. Well, very good. Um, Are there any books, references, um, things that listeners can get into to dip their toe into the world of the microbiome, prepare themselves and educate themselves so they can, you know, start working either with you or, or helping themselves somehow? Sure. I mean, I'd like to just, you know, mention briefly the challenges of overcoming kind of popular trends, because I think this is a, a barrier that a lot of people run into. I think there's so many labels out there, right? There's gluten-free, dairy-free, lectin-free, low-carb. And what I'd like to say is rather than focusing on what you are cutting out, I encourage the listeners to focus on what you're actually consuming. I think that's the key point. I see people getting stuck in a particular way of thinking, you know, be it vegan, vegetarian, keto, whatever. And if I could share one message, I would say, forget the dogma surrounding particular diets and just listen to what your body needs. Keep in mind that this can change throughout the course of your life. The symptoms that your body exhibits are a sign, or or as I see it, an opportunity for you to respond. Your body may have been happy eating a certain way for a long period of time, but now it might not be what you need. If you're chronically lacking energy, getting sick frequently, or you just want to feel better, consider making some changes. And more than just what you eat, how you eat and when you eat can also play an important role in the efficiency of your digestion. I've seen small tweaks in these areas have a really big impact for my clients. I guess last item is you just mentioned small tweaks. Can you name one or two small tweaks that you've seen help some clients? Sure. One really simple one is to keep the fluid intakes to a minimum when you're actually eating your meal. You know, I think we've all heard about drinking those eight, uh, eight ounce glasses of water. Um, but if you are drinking a fair bit of that water in conjunction with the meal, you're actually diluting the gastro, like the gastric juices, the stomach acid with the, the water. And so that makes the efficiency of digesting that meal compromised. It's a little, it's going to be a little less effective than it might have been if the stomach acid wasn't diluted in the first place. So that's a simple one. And another one that I 
like to start with, with a lot of clients is just mindful eating, you know, like let's, you know, turn off the television or stop looking at your iPhone. You know, it doesn't take a long time to eat, but if you focus on actually eating, there is a mental connection. And so when you're engaged and you see and you smell and you are appreciating, you know, the, the colors and the aroma of your food, that's also a really key indicator for your gastrointestinal juices to start flowing. And so we we know that we need these enzymes and like I said, stomach acid in order to do the proper job of digesting our food. So I think just starting with those two simple things can have a really big impact for some people. And if I could just add one other really simple thing is chew your food, which I know it sounds very simple, but if you are eating quite quickly or not focusing on what you are eating, it's quite possible that you're, you know, taking, you know, three, maybe four kind of chomps at your fork full of food. If you actually just, you know, keep that food in your mouth and chew it until it's a liquid, that's going to take a lot of the pressure off of um, that digestion job just by mechanically breaking food down, you know, in the way that it was intended, um, starting in your mouth. So that's another really simple thing. It's free. It's accessible for everybody, but we just don't always pay attention to that. Okay. Well, very good. Well, Pam, what's the best way for people to find out more about your work? Where can they go? There's no escaping that food is your fuel. You can't out-medicate, out-supplement, or out-exercise a bad diet. Food and nutrition may not be the only solution to every health concern, but they are an easy, affordable, and often highly impactful option. At the root of disease and dysfunction is either toxicity or nutrient deficiency, and the right food choices can address both of these problems. Gut health and nutrition should be the first line of action, especially for those people who are feeling stuck or frustrated or who are trying their best but not getting the results that they want. I encourage everyone to consider a customized, holistic nutrition plan that nourishes their gut. And I'd like to leave you with a quick quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson. The first, wealth is health. And I wish everybody the health they deserve so that they can live their best life. So you can find me at my website. It's www.gut2health.com. So it's G-U-T numeric 2 health.com. My email is Pamela at gut2health.com. And my Instagram is also gut to health. Yeah, I like the website name. It's a, a direct, you know, gut goes to health. It's a, yeah, it's a good yeah, name. I like it a lot. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. But it's surprising how many people it can help just doing these, you know, really simple but foundational um, changes to really improve the way that their body processes the food that they eat. Well, very good. Pam, thanks for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Richard. It was a real pleasure. Do you struggle with concentration? Have you ever thought of your brain health long-term? Bomar Nutrition is revolutionizing the nootropic and cognitive health industry with sharp nootropic powder and patent-pending bright daily capsules, powered by NeuroBloom. If you struggle with focusing, think of Sharp as brain food that supports concentration. Sharp works with your natural brain chemistry to provide a heightened sense of well-being that can delay cognitive decline and also increase mood. Bomar Sharp tastes amazing and comes in many different flavors, available in caffeinated and non-caffeinated versions. While Sharp is a short-term aid in cognitive health, 
Think of Bright Daily Capsules as a way to improve overall brain health and prevent cognitive decline long-term. As we age, so does our brain. Supplementing with Bright has the potential to delay this aging process and helps your brain function optimally. Stay ahead of the curve and order yours today at bomarnutrition.com and save $5 off with code GENIUS5. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.